Hey, it's Arlen. Welcome back to your first million. Doing a quick episode. I think it's quick. We'll see. Uh, But it's definitely impromptu. I didn't think I was going to release another episode before the end of the year because I thought I was done. But then something happened and I had to talk about it. The finale of Insecure. After five seasons, Insecure ended with its final episode just, what, 24 hours ago, less than. And uh, I watched it, of course, with half the country. Uh, I watched the Insecure making of the documentary that was on HBO Max today. Cried through the whole thing. And I I, I went back on my tweets because I, I started out watching Awkward Black Girl, um, Issa's first big kind of viral thing that came out back in the day on YouTube. I watched it from the very first episode in real time. I think it was 2011 that it came out. Um, And I just, from the moment, from the first two minutes of it, I remember I was 30 or maybe just turned 31. I was living in Los Angeles and I was definitely awkward, definitely black, definitely girl. And I just, it resonated with me so fast, so immediately. And I was also broke. (laughs) And so I was also like, you know, I was also in the dating world back then before um, the old ball and chain got me. Hey, baby. Um, So I had a lot. uh, I definitely didn't have the kind of dating life Issa and her friends have for sure. Not to mention the, the men part of it, just the... The uh, the volume. <laughs> but I was out there, you know, as a single black woman in Los Angeles without any money. At the time, I think, I'm trying to remember exactly where I was, but I think I was living in Hollywood in a, in a, in a fourplex. And so I had a place, I had a couch, I had a bed. It might it was very soon after that that I that I moved to Houston for the hundredth time back to Texas, but anyway, the point is that it, it resonated and it, and it resonated not just because of where I was in my life at the time, but because of who Issa and who the character was, both the character and the creator of the show, for Awkward Black Girl, they both felt so familiar in a place in a time where I didn't feel that in many places especially from another black creator. And uh, it was just uh, so refreshing and so cool and so, so damn funny. (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, and, and, And Issa is like, I don't think she knows this or realizes this about herself, but she is very compelling as an actor. I think I'm just making this up and kind of just, you know, talking off the dome. So I may be talking crap, but I think she feels that she is sort of a vessel for her writing. She is one of the people who can express her writing and her vision the best. So she is in that character. But I don't know if she thinks of herself as a thespian. And I hope she does because she is so compelling. She's so good and she's so... I don't know the terms, I didn't study acting, but to me, grounded and and true and right. 
um, and honest in how she delivers things. And she does have range, you know, and, and I, I'm looking forward to that. I'll pause right now to say I know that she has said publicly she wants to produce a full-length uh, film that she wrote. I would love, love, love to help make that happen. I don't know how. I'm thinking like some sort of co-producer role, something like that, help her raise the capital for it, uh, back her in any way I can, but I definitely want to be a part of that. So if you're listening, um, anybody who works with Issa, just tell her to come see me because I'm ready. But going back to just how this affected me as a human it was um it was everything I think she wanted it to be for this last this last ten years. So at first it was awkward black girl. Did couldn't couldn't fathom what was going to come next. I mean I remember she she released that, it blew up, she started a Patreon. I was working with Patreon at the time, kind of unofficially helping them raise. There's a whole story there. One day I'll get my um one day I'll be I'll get my victory I think there but that was a that's that's a story in in not knowing your value at the time but she, I remember she you know I I suggested to them that they get her in and um thankfully she's there um and then yeah I got caught up thinking about those memories <laughs> one day don't you worry don't you worry I'll get mine so and when I say that, please believe me, I don't mean from Issa. Issa had nothing to do with that. She had no idea. It was from the from the Patreon team and so many things on that side of things. But that's not point of this message. But she went on to work with Pharrell. I remember that when that happened, when that was first announced. And it was right around the time I was, I worked with Pharrell for two whole days uh, at Coachella, I want to say 2013. Something like that? Yeah, I think so. I think 2013, maybe 2014. One of the two. We can look it up and see which one he played. And I was a production coordinator. I was a production assistant for that one. And I was a talent wrangler. So I remember I talent. I was a talent wrangler for Usher, who was guest starring on Pharrell's performance. And we were kind of corralling all these different celebrities the whole weekend and including the Jabberwockies, somebody had to go find them because there were like 18 of them and we lost them. Um, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce showed up in their in their ski masks because they were promoting on the run, the tour. Um, and so they were going on everything, including Pharrell's um, performance, dressed that way. And we were tailing them, standing next to them at one point for a while. Harry Styles, um just a a lot of people were there and I remember after everything finally um we walked to Pharrell's I guess it was like a sprinter that he had back in the back area behind the stage and everybody was wearing these scars because there was this big sandstorm that happened that I'm sure happens every year and everybody was exhausted and everybody had it was a lot of people working on it and he you know, he thanked everybody. He took the time to thank everybody from, from the tour manager all the way to the production assistants. And I remember appreciating that because he didn't have to do that. It doesn't always happen that way. I needed the gig that year. It was probably, I don't know, $200, $300 for the weekend and a, and a hotel night. And I needed it. 
I was uh, I was living out of a hostel uh, in Hollywood, and I needed a few hundred dollars, and I remember that was a, a big deal. So I appreciated that whole experience. It was like a an oasis for me at a really bad time, and. I think it it was probably it's like right after or you know like soon after um this that happened um soon before that I think is when Issa did her joint venture with Pharrell and that got all that was really interesting um and then and then it was announced that she was doing this show she was doing Insecure which I thought was cute because it's like okay awkward insecure it's not going to be the exact same thing it's not like that was a demo for this but she's going to be in that same kind of vibe. Where is this going to go? And man, when it premiered, I just remember thinking, A, they they shot the hell out of that. It was beautifully shot. It just, you just know, you, you think about when many of us uh, who are black have heard the story of Forrest Whitaker coming in and using the onion paper or something like that to, to help light waiting to exhale the cast properly and it was one of the first times and only times that a black cast had been properly lit and filmed for a movie because the director and the and the director of photography um both cared enough to to do so and and it, it to me it felt like that it felt like oh and this is this is ushering in a new a new world um where we're going to be we're going to show up correct going to be represented and show up and all of the beautiful tones and hues and um I mean the just the gorgeousness that I get to see in person we're going to actually have that show up and it's not going to be a black person who has been lit as a uh, with the white stand-in which happens so often or somebody's standing in but they're a different skin tone and it doesn't make any sense you know so you don't think about that every day but it was obvious that Issa and her team of dozens of people thought about it. And I was just so proud. And the, it was such a funny show. And the writing was so funny and daring. And like, oh, my God, did they really say that? Did they really say broken pussy? Like, <laughs> you know, even me saying it now, six years later, I get a, I blush a little bit, even though I'm a grown-ass woman. But she just went there, and they went there, and I knew, oh, this is going to be something. This is going to be off. This is going to be off the beaten path. This isn't. Gonna, this isn't going to be like predictable. And it was just so gorgeous and so raw and so real, and it was too close to home at times. Like you know, talking to herself in the mirror and gassing herself up and making really, really silly jokes, and um, you know, I just felt that in every way. And the supporting cast was great, has been since day one, has been throughout. Uh, got to see Yvonne, who plays Molly. She hosted at, at um, 2019, was it 2019? Uh, oh, what is it called, man? It's been so many years since I've seen people. Um, <laughs> what is it called in New Orleans? Essence Fest. Essence Fest, the year that... Uh, I might be getting two years com- uh, confused with each other, but I think it was her. I think she was, I think it was she. I think it was the same year that uh, Missy Elliott performed. Um, I think it was the same year that, that um, Michelle Obama spoke, but I could be getting the, the the years mixed up. But she was just great. 
And anyway, I just, I just, I, I loved, loved, loved this series. I thought it was so spectacular. I didn't watch it in real time. Every time I would catch up to it. And especially the last couple of years with COVID, just sort of that limbo um, was tough. But it's just, it's groundbreaking. It'll, 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 like the world will never be the same. The world will never be the same after this show. How can, how many people can say that about something they've built? That is intense. And I hope Issa knows that. I see a, like a hesitancy in her that I understand. And again, I'm doing a lot of just guessing and I hope I'm not being pretentious by trying to do like my dime store psychology on her. But I just, something compels me to say it out loud. I just see this hesitancy in her to feel all of it, to take all of the 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 praise and to take in what she has built and to acknowledge it. And I think it could be, this is a guess, I think it could be because she is scared that if she does, where where the shoe might, the other shoe may drop. You know, what I have this thing where, if I think things are going too well, I'm like, okay, I know history tells me something's going to go really wrong. So it can't go, it can't be going really well, right? Because it's scared. And I see that in her and I understand why people try to let me, you know, help me enjoy it more because she's just built something so beautiful and so something so to so be so proud of. And she's, she, I think she knows it um, mentally and, and she understands it. I think she understands it from a, like a reason reason and logic perspective and even logistical perspective but I don't know if she's like allowing herself to feel it and I hope she does just for a moment just by herself just quietly because it was just all that this is all that um I have I have interacted with Issa I'll say that I've um, I've emailed back and forth with her. Um, I hope to work with her more. I have some ideas, and and hopefully she'll like them. But but just ways to catalyze what she does. Essentially, that's it. And I've talked. I've talked. Talking. I've I've forgotten how to talk. I've talked to her team before and uh, got to know a little bit about her ideas and her goals and everything. But it's. You know, these, these conversations happen all the time. It's nothing special that I got to do. I think it's just, you know, you want to you wanna see what's out there. But I feel like no matter what happens, even if I never speak to her or work with her, I just, I have so much respect and so much uh, gratitude for what she's done. I mean, she just makes me, like, the this show... And the way she did it, not just the show itself, not just the episodes and the storylines, but like the thing. If you're not if you're not looking at insecure and seeing like an empire, you're seeing you're looking at it wrong, you know? She built something so, so intensely purposeful and important. And watching her do that and still be funny and and still maintain all these relationships at once knowing how difficult that is being the busiest person in the room but always seeming like I mean I wasn't there but you know just kind of from afar seeming like 
she cares about people, genuinely wants them to go up and is doing the best she can. Like all of that inspires me, even though we don't work in the same industries, it inspires me to do the work that I do. And that's how I want our glow up to be at backstage, at runner, you know, we're talking millions of dollars exchanging hands. We're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about hundreds of founders who have been impacted already and so many thousands who have been observing and, and inspired. And we're talking about just getting started. Um, you know, my her last decade, Issa's last decade, I can chart my own decade. And then I think about the next decade when I go from 40 to 50 or 41 to 50. Um, I am deeply inspired by what Issa's done. And it will influence what I do. Just like Janet influenced so much of what I did the first 40, the first, you know, from 13 to, to 40. Just like Janet Jackson influenced so much, not being from a totally different world and and never, you know, got on a stage and danced. Although, you know, give me a couple of years, I might be able to figure it out. It's 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 that kind of level. Um, it's definitely definitely like Issa. I remember early on she talked about peer mentorship, way before uh, white men in Silicon Valley were talking about it and and doing it. And she teaching me that, and I and I give them their props. But Issa was talking about it for years. Peer mentorship, looking across the board and seeing, looking across the aisle and seeing who you can match up with. Not always going after the person, the biggest cheese in the room. Growing together, building together, collaborating. Um, and then when I would hear things living in L.A. from back channels, from people who knew her, who worked with her, who encountered her, they would be like, yeah, she really does that. <laughs> that she says it out loud and then she also does that. That's rare. So just those moves have been watched from different rooms. And and so Issa, you're... You're gonna. You're not just affecting writers' rooms and acting classes and people who want to produce and and want to be gaffers and and directors and all that. You're influencing like decision makers and business. Um, that you're influencing tech people who are building tech right now. Like I see it every day. People are influenced by you in tech, which is amazing because that's gonna influence the world. Media, um, writing of all sorts, you know, other types of art, other art, not just your own art. It's I'm sure you've influenced the doctors and 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 people who are who've been you know who are kind of helping us through COVID because you are an escape for them and you're a a, a respite for them in your own way. So all of that, that's why I think that you're on this level. You're on this Oprah, I'm going to cuss because my mom's listening. You're on this Oprah level. You're on this Oprah level. I need you to know that. Like, you're on the Shonda Rhimes, Oprah, um, next level stuff. It, it's... I think there's like in this this quiet energy that you have where you're doing more observing than talking. Whew, that's going to make you that's going to get you close to the billion, you know, and anything else you want in life. Um, so anyway, I'm going to stop talking. I 
I don't know who would listen to this, but <laughs> I just needed to say it. You ever just need to say something and you're like, man, I got, I got this thing to say and I'm, I got a vehicle here to say it. And, you know, or they're listening to this uh, December 2021 at the end of the year or you're listening to this five years from now and you're just like, how did I stumble across this tape? I hope, uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope whoever's listening to this is doing well and you 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 gain something from what Issa Rae just did the last decade. You 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 build, you collaborate, you catalyze, um, you communicate, you do you do everything that you can from your lens and, and you don't sacrifice too much. Sometimes you do gotta sacrifice because that's kind of part of the game, but not too much. Not too much. That vision is all there. You can see that Issa Rae vision all over in Insecure from top to bottom. And you know that she wasn't, she comp- She didn't compromise her ideals. She might have compromised on a, a set piece or a word or a sentence or two, but she didn't compromise the vision. And whatever you're working on, whether it's a tech company or a, you're going through um, medical school or you're a teacher or you're working at Rite Aid, and you know your stuff left to right, aid, uh, had to, OCD, uh, whatever it may be, uh, or you're a runner and you're, you're trying to upskill and, and make more money than you have uh, in previous years, like, like I would want to do with runner, whatever you may be, um, I hope you look at that as an example. That reminds me, go to hirerunner.co, H-I-R-E, runner.co. Sign up to be a runner. We can get you some non-technical roles in tech, in startup land. So if you've worked at like retail, if you worked at like fast food or waitressing or waitering or that kind of word, um, and you... I've uh, done data entry. That's part of my past. If you can type fast, if, you, if you're if you organized, if you care, um, or if you've been working at companies for, you know, decades or a lot of years and you're, you're, you're looking for something a little different, Runner is where we're going to try to hook you up and get you where you can kind of figure out, navigate. It's hard being a freelancer. It's hard just, you know, Knowing exactly how to, how to, you want to interview with 20 different companies, you know, maybe you don't want to do that. And what we're trying to do is plug you in. Now, this is the non-technical side of things. We partner with people who work on the technical side. So if you're, a te- if you're working on technical or you want to be, go to Career Karma, Career Karma. That's our friend Ruben and his team. My fund has invested in Career Karma. They're amazing. They're helping thousands of people get technical roles. If you're looking for a non-technical role, go to hirerunner.co, get a little bit of information, check us out on Instagram and Twitter, and there'll be a lot more coming in 2022. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Let me, I'm just so excited about what Runner could become. I want to look back and see just so many of us, I want to see thousands of us saying, I work for Runner, Runner helped me, you know, make thirty thousand dollars more this year than I was used to making or help me go from unemployed for 18 months to having 
some some revenue whenever I needed it. You know, gig work and it was rewar- rewarding. I worked for inclusive companies. I made a difference. Every day that I'd worked on something was important and I felt respected and I felt taken care of. Um, it helped me change careers. It helped me find a career. It got me my first real gig in tech. Any of that. I mean, those stories are bound to happen and already starting to bubble up. So cannot wait for what the future brings. Thanks for listening this long. Let's do a code. Let's do a code. Okay, I'm looking around the room. Thoughts. Thoughts is the code word. Thoughts, because I'm looking at a Thoughts of a Colored Man poster. The play that I was a co-producer in. Very, my very first play. So the word is Thoughts. T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S. Thoughts. And, and don't you write Thoughts without the U and the G-H. Don't be silly. Thoughts of a Colored Man. The code. So if you made it this far and you want to let me know in our little way that you've made it this far, you will comment on Instagram. You will tweet at me. You will write to me in a DM. You will email me. You'll see me on the street and you'll say hi. And you'll say the code word is thoughts. Hey, thoughts. You'll use it in a sentence or you'll just say the word. That lets me know today and five years from now that you listened to this episode and that we you made it all the way through. And we do that with a few episodes here and there. It's like little Easter eggs. And I appreciate your thoughts, as in thoughts of a colored man. Awesome. I'll see you next time.